No, that's all right. Here, I'm going to have you guys come up on the stage. All right. Now, you guys got to turn around and look at the screen. All right. Now, we're going to play a little game. Did mom say it or did Jesus say it? Are you guys ready? All right. So now if Jesus said it, this is what I want you to do. I want you to come over here. And if mom said it, I want you to go over there by the piano, okay? And you guys, we're going we're gonna to be active this morning, all right? First slide, this, this one should be easy. Jesus over here, mama over there, and you guys are going to vote. Now, can you guys handle losing, or do you guys want to go through all the questions? All the questions. Okay, all right. Okay. Okay, let's, uh, let's see it here. All right, love your neighbor. Who said it, who said it first? Mom is over there. Jesus is over here. You guys think so? Okay, all right. Let's see. Oh, it's Jesus, all right? Love your neighbor as yourself. Mom might have said this a few times, right? But Jesus said it first. All right, next one. You guys got it all correct. Good job. Next slide. All right, you are getting on my last nerve. All right. Yeah, yeah, let's just go over there. What do you think? You're getting on my last nerve. What do you think? You think Jesus said it, Eli? I'm with you. I feel like that could be it. Let's see. All right, what happened? Well, we're going to say mom, but Jesus, he could have said it about the Pharisees. Don't you think, Matthew 23? Is that what you were thinking? That's what I was thinking, too. All right, next slide, please. The sun rises on the good and the bad. The sun rises on the good and the bad. Are you guys sure mom didn't say it? What are you guys saying? Looks like the Stutzel family. Uh, Kim says interesting things apparently. All right, what is it? Oh, it's Jesus. All right, in the Sermon on the Mount, he says he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. All right, let's keep moving. We've got to move this quicker here. All right, you don't realize what I'm doing for, for you now, but later you will understand. You don't understand what I'm doing for you now, but later you'll understand. You guys going with mom on this one? All right, let's see it. It's Jesus in John 13, 7. Jesus replied, you, don't, you do not realize. I got you on that one. I got all of them too. Don't let them tell you that they got it. All right, next slide, please. Unless I wash you, you will not be a part of me. Did your mom ever tell you you have to go take a bath? She doesn't say it that way? So you think Jesus or mom? I forgot. Is mom over here? Mom's over there. All right, let's see it. All right. Jesus says to Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. So it's Jesus. Jesus said it. So did we get it right over here? I forgot. All right, good job. Okay. No, that's word for word right there. All right, next slide. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Jesus or mom? Who said it first? 
mom might be quoting Jesus. Let's see the next slide here. Well, it goes with Jesus, all right? Treat others the way, the same way you want to be, uh, them to treat you. All right, here we go. A couple more. You will eat it and you'll like it. I don't know, Jesus at the Lord's Supper. What do you think? Jesus at the Lord's Supper? Uh, it, it was mom. I tricked you. The, uh, I think it would have been funny if Jesus said it, but I don't know that we can quote him of saying it. All right, next slide, please. Over my dead body. You think Jesus said it? Mom's never said it over my dead body. I can't believe your mom hasn't said that to you. All right, over my dead body. Okay, let's see it. While I imagine Jesus might like this for a sermon title, we can't directly relate it to him. Over his dead body, we have new life, but we're going to have to give it to mom. All right, next slide here. Pray for your enemies. Ooh, are we going with Jesus? God wants us to do this. Pray for your enemies. Okay, here we go. Mom might have said it, but Jesus says it in the Sermon on the Mount. All right, next slide, please. You just ate an hour ago. Now, you guys all think Mom said this, but I want you to think about this. What do you think the, you know, the people were saying after they got fed on the mountain? You know, and they they went up the mountain, and they got the food. Don't you think that they got hungry again after Jesus fed the thousands? And he's like, I just fed you an hour ago. Let's stand here in solidarity. All right, you just ate an hour ago. It's mom. I tricked you. You shouldn't have, yeah, you shouldn't have stuck with me. Okay. All right. How many more do I have here? Keep going. Was that it? That was it. That was a lot. Uh, wasn't there one more? Try, huh? Okay. Okay. Yeah, you guys can go downstairs. Thanks for playing. I had a, I had one about uh, that verse I shared about who's your mother and your brother and your sister, and it was something sentimental and thank you moms and we love you. It's the thought that counts. So, anyways, thanks for indulging me on that one. Uh, hopefully we had fun with it. All right, we're going to continue in our, our sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount. And, uh, friends, we have been trudging through kind of the hard part where Jesus is challenging uh, the way that things have always been. You have heard it said, and then he, he, uh, he ups it quite a bit. And there's been a lot of challenging texts uh, for us and just messages about how we live in the kingdom of God. The thing that we need to have at the forefront of our minds is, is that Jesus is not just giving us good advice. He's giving us good news. He's giving us good news because he's saying this way of life is now possible in him. We can start having this community. We can start having this life together as a community of believers who trust and know the good news that there is new life. And so I, I don't see Jesus presenting uh, his sermon as, as something that um, 
is impossible for us to live. I, I think he's opening up the doors and saying, this isn't just good advice like we would get from our moms. This is good news. There is a new way forward for you. And so we're in, we're in Matthew. We're in Matthew chapter 5. We're going to finish up chapter 5 this morning. I'll read the text for you. It's in Matthew chapter 5, verse 38. You've heard that it is said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. I believe in these uh, two sections, Jesus is talking about the way forward is love. What does his love look like, this love, uh, the kingdom of God sort of love, look like in a world where there is retaliation and there's problems? I can remember a couple of years ago I was, uh, I was teaching, I think it was in sixth grade class, and we were talking about an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And I asked the students, I said, is this, is this a good law? And all of them thought, no, this, this isn't a good law. We have better laws today about how to right wrongs. And they were pretty convinced that eye for eye and tooth for tooth was an outdated law and it really wasn't a very good one. Well, if you go back quite a few uh, thousand years and you look at how the world worked and operated, eye for eye and tooth for tooth was a very, very good law. Because uh, if you're anything like me, you know, a small offense needs to be returned with a, you know, like a great retaliation. You know, like a your mama insult, you better make fun of their whole family, right? You got to overdo it. In the ancient world, if you, uh, you can imagine the sort of retaliations that happened would be this sort of overzealous response to problems. And so if someone were, uh, someone had something stolen, well then there might be, you know, like you kill them or you lump their arms off or there would be some grotesque retaliation. And so eye for eye and tooth for tooth created, uh, created a sort of balance where retaliation was measured and it was fair and it was even. It was justice-seeking. Well, what is Jesus, what's Jesus' beef with it? Well, he's looking at the economy of retaliation and he's saying there's no winners here. There's no winners here. What does what does my love look like in this? I need someone to slap. Would anyone like to volunteer for that? Connor, you want to get slapped? Come right up. Oliver's too late. Sorry. Oh, you, while I would enjoy that. All right, Connor. There you are. Okay. Now, Jesus says, if someone strikes you on the right cheek, you turn to them the other also. And so we read that and we think, okay, we're not allowed to hit anybody if they hit us. 
and we're not really sure what's going on. Here's what N.T. Wright says is going on in this text. So Jesus says, if someone strikes you on the right cheek, now what we would, uh, I'm sorry, if someone strikes you, let me say it right, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other, uh, the other cheek also. All right, so if I were to slap you on the cheek, boom, that's your left cheek. Really? So you're saying this is your right cheek? Oh, so I would have to hit you like this to strike your right cheek. Oh, see, now that makes a lot of sense. If I were to strike you with the right cheek, what do I have to do? I have to use my backhand. I would never hit you with this hand because I'm right-handed and Jesus made me. Um, I'm just kidding. That's terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. The, uh, so I would have to use my backhand to do that. Now, when I do the backhand, I am treating him as if he is a lesser person, right? In the ancient world, to backhand would be to, um, you know, you could really sell it when I do it, okay? You know? <laughs> the, uh, so when I do that, I, I'm treating him as a lesser he would be a slave, he would be a child, and sorry to say, in the ancient world, perhaps a woman. All right, now, turn to me your other cheek. Well, the only way that I can do that would be to hit him this way. Jesus is doing a Jesus juke. To strike him, if I were, like, upset with him, oh, that was really good. I'm glad I chose you, Connor. Uh, that was great. So to strike him, to strike him with the open hand by him turning the other cheek for me to hit him with, okay, I would have to, I would have to live, or he would elevate himself. He's Jesus juking, and what Jesus, thanks, you're good. So what Jesus is doing is teaching us that his love has a way of bringing about dignity. The aim of love is to bring dignity. If you get anything out of this morning, it's that, that we would bring dignity out of people, that we would bring the, uh, what we are created uh, in the image of God. Now, what I've been picking up on is Jesus is all about helping us see and reveal the, our humanity, that we are all intrinsically made in the image of God, that we might became, become a better reflection of Him. In a world of hatred and violence and retaliation, the thing that seems to disappear is us realizing that each and every one of us is created in the image of God. In our retaliation, that's the sort of thing that drops out. They aren't created in the image of God. They are viewed as our enemy. They are viewed as ones that we are hate, the source of our problems. We take it all out on them. And the furthest thing from our minds is who they are in Christ who they are and the, the potential of who they are in Jesus. And so Jesus does, a, uh, he teaches us a Jesus joke. He says, if someone strikes you on the right cheek, think creatively. Turn them the other cheek. Don't let them demean you, but let them give them dignity. If they slap you on the right cheek or on the left cheek, they're going to elevate you. They're going to see you for who you really are. The next passage, um, he says, uh, he says, and if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, 
hand over your coat as well. You had three articles of clothing to accessorize yourself in the ancient world. You had your sandals. You had your coat and your cloak, or your shirt and your cloak. If they took your shirt and then Jesus says, you give them your cloak, you're kind of naked. We're not going to demonstrate this one. We're just going to leave it. But there, Jesus is instructing. He's saying, if someone's going to sue you and they're going to take their shirt from from you, give them your cloak as well. Jesus, Jesus is instructing them to show and reveal your humanity before them, that they are moved with compassion. They take it's like here, take my coat too, take my shirt too. You're taking everything I have. This is all I have left. And what is that person going to do but to respond in compassion, hopefully, and say, hopefully move them and say, you know what? Here's your shirt back. Here's your cloak back. Here's Here's something to cover yourself. Love is about revealing and giving dignity. About revealing that there is some intrinsic value in the person. And I think sometimes we forget that. We lose sight of it. We lose sight of people and who they are and what they're created in. The image of God. So so, um, Jesus, he takes it the next level he says if anyone forces you to go one mile you go with them two miles in the Roman uh, occupancy Roman soldiers were allowed to take uh, take you and say hey would you haul this cargo for me for a mile it was illegal for them to send, send them for two miles and so Jesus is telling them hey show them my love and show them extra love and hopefully, maybe, you will, one, maybe get them in trouble, but two, hopefully they will see something about you going this extra mile, showing, showing my, uh, God's generous love. It's all a call and res- uh, response. And so I think Jesus, at the most basic value, when he calls us to love our enemies, when he tells us to love one another, I think he's instructing us to bring dignity to people and reveal who we are perhaps in our vulnerabilities in our love to help reveal our own humanity and being created in the image of God and bringing that out with others here's how Jesus instructs us he says give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you be benevolent and sharing care for others You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And Jesus says, go, go and love. And the way we love is we, we pray and we give. We are hospitable. We tells us, tells us if you love those who love you what reward will you get man it's really easy to love people you like i mean i'm i'm pretty decent at that loving the people that infuriate you loving the people that you have nothing in common with loving people caring about others that you think how in the world did they end up here and you just they drive you bonkers 
how do we how do we do that? How do we how do we love? If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you only greet if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Jesus is calling us to a next level love in community for one another and a next level love in our witness to a watching and hurting world. And friends, as we, as we think about the sort of community and life that we want to have together, one would be that we would pray for one another, that we would greet others, that we would greet each other. And I know this is a crazy idea, but it seems like Jesus wants us to greet people who are not like us. Be welcoming and gracious and kind to one another. Bringing dignity to others. The tricky thing about this text is is that I've known this text for a very long time and I'm still learning how to love people who aren't like me. And it just feels like good advice, but I've got to believe that there's good news to this and that Jesus believes that this sort of thing is now possible. When we look at this text, we see a blueprint. And what we see is actually a blueprint for Jesus' ministry. Jesus is going to go from this point and he is going to be beaten He's going to be sent to the cross. He's going to be mocked and ridiculed. And Jesus' response to every single act of violence isn't retaliation, but it's love. And in the final moments of his crucifixion and right immediately after the death, his death, and in Matthew's account, it says there's the, um, there's the earthquake and the centurion soldier who's right there in front of him he realizes surely this man was the Son of God. Jesus in his ultimate act of love reveals the, the greatest, the greatest um, identity marker for who he is. He's the Son of God. His, in his lowest point, he's revealed as the Son of God. This man sees dignity in Jesus Christ as he loves the world. And so then the challenge becomes, will we be the sort of people who carry the love of the cross with us? And, and it's an invitation to think creatively about how we can be loving people in our culture and our world. I've gone a long time uh, with, without being slapped. I mean, I'd have to go back 20 years to living with my brother, and I don't think I was ready to turn my other cheek. And I don't know if you're facing those situations in your life and what it looks like, but what Jesus is instructing is the subversive way of the cross. He reveals that the cross has the power to overcome evil and death. And He's revealing to each and every one of us who would choose to follow Him that it's the cross and sacrificial love that is the way forward for His people to overcome evil and bear witness to His kingdom. He's saying, you can love. And when you love, you need to think strategically about how you can either reveal your humanity being created in the image of God, or you can 
tear through and open up and, and do some heart surgery to help them see who they are in Christ. And I don't know what it looks like in every situation, but when you're dealing with difficulty, when you're dealing with situations where you want to retaliate, when you're dealing with hard problems, you need to ask a simple question. How can I help them see Jesus in me? And how can I help them see that they can be children of God as well? What response is required to help people see the dignity that is within them? Romans 12 teaches us the sort of practical lessons, but it's more things that may come off like we ought to and good advice. But I want you to think about dignity. I want you to think about these acts as something that bring dignity to someone who's hurting and need of help. In Romans 12, starting in verse 9, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with love one another. Do not be proud but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, It's mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. And doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome evil by evil, but overcome evil with good. I don't know about you, but for me it jumps out to me that the acts of kindness and the acts of service and the love that we share is about giving someone something to drink. Because in the very act, we are saying you are worthy of having a drink of water. Some of the most loving things we can do in our world and give dignity to people is simply listen to them. Taking a moment to listen and, and just hear them out. So many people don't have someone to listen to them. And what happens is you end up feeling lonely. Not worthy. We can give people dignity simply by taking the time and saying, would you like to have coffee? I'd like to hear what's going on. I hope this makes the simplest sense. That the loving way of Jesus' community gives dignity to people who are lowly, who are hurting. It gives dignity to people who are angry and frustrated. And perhaps it's justified why they are in the situation that they're in. And why they're as mad as they are. And Jesus is saying it would be so simple for us to keep going with eye for eye and tooth for tooth. 
I can be really good at calculating a response and making sure you get what you deserve. But much harder and much more courageous is to go the way of the cross. And the way of the cross is the subversive love of Jesus Christ that says laying down your life can give dignity to others. And you know what you do is you win them to Jesus Christ. You win them to salvation. You win them to a better way of life that helps them to know that there is salvation, there is hope, there is new life, there is mercy, there is forgiveness, and all of these things that have torn us down and tearing the world apart can be healed in the subversive love of the cross of Christ, the subversive way of Jesus. The challenge is will you listen Will you be hospitable? Will you look at others and be gracious and kind? Today's Mother's Day. And I appreciate Ray talking about his mom. I'm going to talk about my mama. My mom served every day doing something that I would never do for you. She is a traveling nurse for the Commission on Aging. And for the elderly who cannot uh, clean their feet and do their toenails, she does them for her, or for them. And she travels around and she does 20 feet a day. You know that that amazing thing in my mind, and I celebrate her, and I think she's a rock star because she also uh, raised three boys, and and God bless her for that. But every day she wakes up and, you know what, she knows their names. She knows all of their animals. She comes in and she has a little dog biscuit. My dad has a feed store, so she's got a good angle on getting good dog biscuits. She knows each of the dogs and she knows all the animals. Sometimes she'll spend a little bit of extra time so she can listen and make sure that they're doing okay. Everywhere in our life, it may not be these big dramatic things. It can just be these everyday moments where we realize in our day-to-day lives, we get to love people. We get to share lives with people, and we may not have anything in common with them, but you know what? We can listen, and we can care about them. We can know their dog's names. We can treat people with this sort of intrinsic kindness. And what we do is we give them a little bit of dignity. My mom doesn't come into the room and say, by golly, you can't wash your feet. Who are you? What does it matter? She certainly could become jaded and feel like this is beneath her. But St. Nancy Eckes That's not her heart. And I know that we all have the capacity to be saints every day to a lost and hurting world where we can can love. We can love kids as they get onto the school bus in the morning. We can pray for them. When our kids are running into our classrooms, we can give them time and dignity and respect and listen. Let our lesson plans wait for a moment. 
our employees and fellow employees and co-workers and the people in our lives, we can take a moment, pray with them, and ask them how their family's doing. Friends, the challenge of Matthew chapter 5 is will we be a people that reveal our identity in Christ in the most loving and ways possible. Not through perpetuating the things of the world, but by being a loving and caring people who listen to God. Let's go to him in prayer. Heavenly Father, we love you and we want to take up the challenge to be the community of love. And God, we confess and repent knowing that there are a lot of times where we've fallen way short. God, the quickest thing when we are hurt and want to retaliate, we so quickly forget the humanity of the person on the other side. And so we ask that you would, you would help us. Help us to see that our own brokenness, our own sinfulness, help us to see our pride and our egos that we are so often ready to protect. God, that we would humble ourselves before you. That you would increase and we would decrease. And God, we want to be your church, a, a group of a humble community of servants in the name of Christ. And so this week, God, as we face challenges, as we move forward as a community together, let us be a people, help us to be a people through your spirit who give dignity and love to others. Revealing, revealing who you are and what you've done. We thank you, God, and we treasure the gift of life that we have in your son, Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. As the worship team comes forward.